Those were among the last words uttered by George Floyd as police officers used excessive force resulting in his murder. The murder of George Floyd was extremely tragic. It has brought outrage from people across the globe who protested and condemned the officers involved and the system that created them. For decades, the black community protested, pleaded, kneeled, and many died asking for a single basic human right, the right to be treated equally. Is that really too much to ask? Instead, we were given systemic racism, a lack of equal opportunity, white supremacy, discriminatory laws that disproportionately incarcerate people of color. And if that wasn't enough, we have police that consistently break their sworn oath to protect and serve with little to no accountability. In society, We've all signed a contract, a contract that lays out the rules. However, the contract is only as strong as the people who abide by it. But if you're black, you see that contract being broken by systemic racism on a daily basis. Ask yourself a question. Is it time for us to negotiate and write a new contract? A contract that removes prejudice and truly works fairly for all Americans? If you don't believe a new contract is necessary, ask yourself why. Because more than likely it means that you are a part of the problem. In today's episode, we discuss how we got here, the role that the war on drugs played, and what we must do going forward to bring change and keep the revolution alive. I'm your host, Garth Case, alongside my partners in all things green, Odeng Gabe and Andre Brown. And this is The Real Green Show. What ya? Hey, tell them as any to represent it. Jamrock Organics, them have the best Yeah, eh. Menace of Marijuana. Jamrock Organics, tell them. We have the best legal and menace of Marijuana. We grow natural from the earth by the farmer. Jamrock Organics, them are the best. Them producing some of the purest cannabis. Are the best legal and medicine marijuana. Grow natural from the earth by the farmer. Jamrock Organics, them are the best. Them producing some of the purest cannabis. What's up, fellas? What's happening, G? Good to see you. What's happening, O? Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, not bad, man. Not bad. You know, I, I've seen a glimmer of hope here because finally they've lifted, um, you know, the stay-at-home rules here in Jersey. And I am excited to get back to some level of normalcy. I just want to get outside. I want to, you know, get around people a little bit more. And, it's, it, you know. get, get around people I do I do I, I'm not, I'm, listen, at the end of the day man I, I, at this point in time you know as much time of it as I spent inside I'm thinking that Corona might not have been that bad to get you know I don't know I'm just feeling that way now but I could be wrong you know well, honestly, I, I want to get around people I don't know you, about if y'all if you pay attention if you pay attention to what's going on in the media right now you'd think that coronavirus was never a thing to begin with that is so true you know you're right I, I, I think you know looking at everything that's going on which is kind of what our episode's about today everyone heard that in the intro you know you know there's coronavirus has disappeared right essentially from the map right now as we look at what's happening with um, black lives matter and, and that movement uh and you know there's no ignoring that the likelihood of coronavirus is going up no uh, it's probably very high but uh, you know the reason behind the black lives matter and what's happening in this protest I think, you know, coronavirus doesn't matter. And that's that's what's you know, I'm getting from it and that's how I'm feeling too. Right. Um, is at the moment I wanna get out there. I wanna I'd like to join a protest, right, and feel, you know, um, that I'm not violating some law. Um, and, and having cops shoot, shoot stuff at me and all that. You know, I, I'd like to peacefully be out there, you know, um, showing my support also. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm going to wear my mask. I'm going to do what I, I, I can to adhere. But I need to be around people. You know, I can't be cooped up in my house and, um, 
and not be able to do what we need to do and what we do best. So, you know, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Well, I hear you. Um, I'm a little, I, I hate to be the voice of doom. I'm the, you know, I'm the skeptic one here in the sense that the, the, the numbers are still going up. And I suppose I'm a little bit more sensitive than everyone else because, you know, Florida has been criticized at how it has handled, you know, the whole coronavirus thing in, in terms of the beaches and the amusement parks and stuff like that. And, you know, since we went back online, there's been between a thousand and fifteen hundred new cases here every single solitary day. So that worries me a little bit. Um, I did go to one protest o- over the weekend and um, it concerned me a little bit because, you know, of course, what we're fighting for is very, very important. And I'm, and I'm a big proponent and want to support it 100 percent. But you still have to be cognizant of the fact that the virus is there and, you know, people are in a- everyone else's face. The other thing that concerns me just a little bit is that there have been some conflicting reports in terms of how they how the virus is 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 being transferred you know whether if you're symptomatic or not you know which tells me that they still there's still a lot that we don't know and the thing that i'm concerned about is is the things that we don't you know we don't know what we don't know so i still feel there still has to be a high level of precaution you know as we move forward listen the real virus here is what we're dealing with right now to be honest with you is the years and centuries of systematic um, oppression by the people that are in power you know they haven't looked away um in any meaningful you know in, in any meaningful way for you know years and i think this time feels different i feel the message being sent as aggressive as it is will spark some type of change and i you know we'll see what happens in the future you know in the next few months because there needs to be some type of change yeah you know oh i agree with you you know you both are making great points as always coronavirus big deal you know it's killed a lot of people a lot of people have gotten sick um but you know systematic racism have killed a whole lot more uh and continues to right um as witnessed and i think we can no longer continue to bear witness right it's time for us to to really do something say something um and uh, you know get people to realize that this is a major major problem that has been around for some time and lots of people have said a lot of things about it um you know people in sports calling kaepernick kneeling you know about the violence related to police and black you know people uh, and yet it was looked at or villainized, right? Uh, and we have to stop that. You know, if, if people are saying something's wrong, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? You know, why are we trying to not pay attention to it, especially white people? I mean, there's black people too who have been trying to deny this. I've seen people all over the place who are black or, you know, on some of these conservative talk shows you know, that surprised me. And I, I'm thinking to myself, wait, wait till they have their first encounter with a, uh, the system itself, you know, and, and a racist police officer, right? Um, I, I think they'll rapidly no longer be on those shows, um, right, you know, if they survive say, the encounter. Who's to say that they haven't already experienced those type of issues and just refuse to acknowledge it? And and the, the fact with Kaepernick, like you, you see all this 180 degree turnaround in terms of how they perceive him now. You know, everybody is saying, "Oh, Kaepernick was right." You know, this and that. You know, how do you feel about that? Because it's it's it feels wrong to me. It feels like, you know, the, the issue has been there for years beforehand, and now, you know, somebody tried to 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 make something symbolic of it. He was blackballed. And now, you know, in, in this day and age, it's, oh, he was right in retrospect. Like, why didn't you see that before? You know, I, I, I would like to take up that point, Oh, I'm in agreement with you. Um, you know, the three of us as, as young African-American men, um, Jamaican African-American men, and our experiences in this country. But the, it, there's a level of denial that exists because it's, it's, it, it's systemic. It's in our culture, it's, it's part of what we do. In your explanation a while ago, you know, he was blackballed. It's subtle just like that. 
You know, it's one of those things that I personally say, I don't say black ball, I say white ball. In fact, there was a famous interview with Muhammad Ali back in the 70s where he was, you know, he was explaining all of that. You know, the angel food cake is a good one. The devil food cake is a, is a dark one. It's systemic. It's, it's, it's really inculcated in what we do. And a lot of it is that, you know, they just don't see it because it has been normalized. That is true. Uh, you know, you're right. I mean, I think we've made a conscious effort to try it and not use the term black market and, you know, use illicit market on regulated market and stuff like that. And you're right. So, you know, there is this undertone of using the word black in a negative way, um, you know, but even that is at its basic, you know, probably has a very large impact on, on many people's psyche. Um, not so much mine. I, I you know, it, you know, it is what it is. It's not a whole lot I'm going to be able to do to change the, the vernacular um, that people have derived and come up with. We can make them aware of it, but you know that doesn't stop them from using it amongst themselves um, and so on, right? So you know, the idea of changing it probably is not going to be there. But to address Kaepernick, I do think that you know the NFL coming out and recognizing this publicly. Um, w was very important for them from a business standpoint, right? At the Financial time, gain. Yep. Absolutely right, right? It, it, it's important right now. This is just like why Nike signed Kaepernick, right? They saw an opportunity to sell more $100, $200 plus sneakers, right? Because that who, who's really buying it? You know, mostly the, the, you know, minority community. And so, you know, it boils down to the same thing. There's a very huge risk here that, um, uh, you know, if they didn't acknowledge it the way they did, they would, one, be hurting the players of the sport right which you know obviously the um blacks by far outnumber the number of um, white players on the um in the nfl and you know you could envision a, a point where drew Brees throws a pass and his receiver just conveniently doesn't catch it <laughs> right so you know you don't want to get into a problem like that and i i could see that this is a, a concern from a, from them as a business standpoint um, as well as, you know, Roger Goodell, while he's not been perfect, he's been or tried to be a part of this conversation numerous times. Um, but you, we must always remember, he works for somebody. He works for a lot of very powerful people, almost every single one of them white, right? And, and, and so uh, he has to protect their interests, which is why he has a job, right? And so, you know, he's come out, he's, he said what he said. And listen, we have to look at that in a way as progress right because that's what progress actually looks like at the moment right it is acknowledgement it's saying that we see that there's a problem here um and now it's all about holding them accountable right and making sure that they come up or show a plan by which they you know want to remove this systematic level of racism that exists in multiple levels of industry and government and laws there's a lot here to unpack, guys, and I don't know how we'll ever be able to get through it. But, you know, where we are right now, it's a revolution. We must be part of this revolution. I encourage more people to be part of it. Um, but, you know, we're a cannabis show, um, and I want to make sure we we tie that in a little bit here so people don't think that we're just getting on a podium and, and, uh, and saying these things, right? We want to make it clear that we are also affected by this, right? Um, as a culture, as an industry, uh, and, you know, when we think about cannabis and, and how African-Americans have been impacted, you know, kind of past, present and future, you know, uh, we should have that discussion. So, you know, I wanted to think about, well, well, how did this all start out in the past? Andre, why don't you tell us a little bit about that from your perspective? Well, the, the, the use of cannabis became prevalent back in the early 19th century. It was right after the, the ironically speaking, the Mexican War. Um, in fact, the word marijuana is actually a, a Mexican Spanish word. A lot of the indentured sage um, workers who came to the United States after that war, um, you know, you had um, African Americans already here. You also had Chinese Americans who were helping leading up to the Industrial Revolution. And because of the massive hours of work that these people did every single day, they were using cannabis or marijuana back in those days to soothe themselves. Now, as, as you know, they, they integrated into our society, of course, they were low on the social economic scale. 
um, what politicians started to do to kind of demonize them and to kind of isolate them. They used marijuana as a means to help to villainize them that, you know, they created this whole thing about them. Um, you know, when they used it, they, they became, you know, salacious. They became aggressive towards women uh, and stuff like that. So, and in fact, there was a movie that was made, I think it was in the 1920s, the first movie that, you know. Reefer Madness, baby. Reefer Madness, absolutely, absolutely. And that really galvanized the, 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 the white population to, to, to sort of demonize it. And this is when the whole, you know, laws around everything um, started evolving at that point in time. That's crazy. I mean, so, the, you know, that the criminalization of this, um, you know, has carried forward, obviously, to now. It's, it's scary to think, though, that the motive behind some of that uh, really and truly, you know, boil down to race, right? It, it is a scary thing to think that this was a way to, you know, control, incarcerate, uh, you know, people who who really just became free in a way, right? It's, it's, it's such a weird thing. And so we encourage people, if you're not familiar with the history here, you really should just look it up. It's not difficult. You know, Google's your friend in this case, and you can find a lot of information. In fact, we're going to link some things in our show notes that you can go back and just look at. If you're, if you're curious to learn more about race relations and the war on drugs and how that negatively impacted African-Americans um, and people of color overall, you know, just take a look at that. You know, look, take a look at and you, you'll, you'll be surprised at what you don't know. Right. And and in understanding that there is a, a very, very deep type of problem here that that was created by design for this outcome. Right. And and that is just super troubling. We cannot allow this to happen. Right. We're puppets if we are allowing this to happen. And I, I encourage people not to be puppets. You know, I mean, we have lives to lead. Right. right so right. that said, you know, let's talk about a little bit about where we are right now with when it comes to cannabis and stuff like that um, in this industry. And, and, and what, what are they doing oh, to help us um, in the cannabis industry as being minorities? You know, what are they doing for us at the moment? They're doing jack. <laughs> but let's be real here. Um, hey, listen, you call it like it is. This is, you know, we like to think this is a family show, but when it's shit, it's shit, and that's the reality. It's it's horrible, and let's be real about it. It's 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 not this, this cannabis industry is not designed for minorities. That's a simple fact of the matter. It is not. Minorities have been disproportionately affected, by, especially black people, by this industry. You know, if you, you know, we'd, we'd suggest watching um, the Netflix documentary 13 or 13th, mm -hmm. you know, it goes into detail about the, 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 the prison system mm -hmm. and how it uses, yep. mm -hmm. right, it uses the, the, the power of black people to, to, to meet their bottom line and to, to line the pockets of their investors. So, you know, these social equity programs that we've been hearing about recently, to be honest with you, they they don't put a lot of energy into them. It's not enough, it's not satisfactory. Not when for, for decades, you know, minorities have been affected by this. Um, there, there, there needs to be some type of, and, and I know the industry is still brand new, but it, it needs to, 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 to be primarily um, beneficial for the people who have been affected by it. I agree. I agree. Andre? Yeah, something I'd like to follow up with Owen on that, because on conversely, on the other side now, like um, I was watching a feature earlier this month about the cannabis industry here in the United States, and Senate, former Senator Baynard is a part of a conglomerate who have positioned himself right around the world, right around the United States and right around the world, and he is going to be profiting significantly from the cannabis industry. I think he was a part I, of the war. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that. He was a very, very big part of the war. So again, here's that, here's that, here's that discrepancy. Here's that level of unfairness where you know you have you have a person who was fighting the drug on war, you know, the war on drugs, and now they're in a position where they're profiting it, they're profiting from it. And the people who were doing this and were criminalized for doing it are still being penalized for it. 
So there's definitely a, a, an improportionate level of unfairness that exists. And this is why the revolution is taking place right now. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%, man. Um, I think, you know, when you look at social equity programs, as they call them, uh, you know, the intention that they put in front of people sounds very noble. It sounds like something that should work. It sounds like something that makes a lot of sense. Um, but then when you, you know, pair that with the system, right, that it is a part of, you realize very quickly that it's impossible for people to take advantage of it. So an example, and for people that don't know what a social equity program in the cannabis industry is, uh, I should back up a little bit. What that really is, is, is for people of minority, you know, who have already been affected or minorities to actually participate in this industry. They ensure that there are some rules that um, maybe are a little bit more relaxed um, for you to get involved. One of those rules being, uh, you know, if you have a cannabis um, maybe conviction of some kind, right, you can still participate or get into the industry, you, you know, um, pre expungement even though i know many many um, states have expungement rules and they're working on those uh you know those in, by themselves are not very effective either but we won't get too deep into that the reality here is that you know you're you're providing access to something you know on the surface but when you really open the door all you see is maybe a dozen more doors that you don't have the keys for right and you can't get in right it's it's financial Right. Uh, you know, it's it's, you know, just overall opportunity, uh, you know, to gain capital and things like that. You don't have access to the, the, the tax system. Everything that is set up there is set up for a corporation or someone who is very wealthy and highly connected to succeed. The small guys really do have to duke it out and battle and and, and find their way and their niche. And we're part of that crew. We're part of that small crew that, you know, are craft, you know, cannabis people. Um, and so we have people that love who we are and what we represent, but we will never be able to break through into a way that is meaningful, where people actually, you know, we can employ a thousand or two thousand or three thousand people, right? That's not how this is set up. This is set up to have us remain small and in control. Um, and that's unfortunate. That's not opportunity. That's not America, right? It's not the America that, that we were promised, that's for sure, or that Absolutely. you live in. So, yeah, I think the social equity programs in and of itself is an issue. There shouldn't be a social equity program. This, this, America is supposed to be all about free market, right? So why in the cannabis industry, you know, which to be honest with you, people of color has, have had the most experience. Why is it that we need a specific program to gain an opportunity it doesn't make sense to me well the, the program itself signifies is a performance indicator that there is a problem with the whole system you know if you if you have to isolate something and give us a special uh, a special grant or, or or whatever you know our special permission it means that the system itself is flawed and we see that right across the board i mean this is why the revolution is taking place now is that we're understanding how the system works that you know we've done things the way that you told us that we were supposed to do it and yet we're still at the bottom of the totem pole and we're saying wait a second you know and especially on this now you you're benefiting from this i suffered as a result from it and you're now benefiting from it oh no you're not peeing on my head and telling me it's raining anymore yeah no you, you can't you can't unless you're donald trump anyway so the reality here is you know when we think that. about <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. I heard the word P just comes right into my mind. But anyway, so, you know, the reality here, and, and I'm, we're not trying to make this an overly political show, but there is politics. There is a great deal of politics here um, that is holding things back. You know, you know, when we think about what the future of cannabis could be, um, you know, removing things, you know, like these tax structures or even just federal legalization would help, right? I'm sure it would help, you know, the large corporations too. But, you know, at the end of the day, it still gives us an opportunity to, you know, play on a level playing field, right? As level as it can get. And, and that, you know, all we're asking for is an opportunity, right? A fair one, right? A chance to actually work and, and, and build something meaningful 
but it's impossible to do so when the system itself is actually rigged rigged to ensure you don't succeed it's you know it, it it's mind-boggling to me that this is the case you know that's occurring now i'm not going to say some people don't break through or some people don't have awesome white friends that help them break through right it happens on occasion right but it shouldn't be that way that's not what this is about it really doesn't need to be right um you know people are people man let's give everyone a fair shot right and and i think we need to make some changes in order to make that happen right without question so yeah go ahead oh yeah, I mean, why is you know, me as a black man, why do I get um, a, a different treatment when I go to the bank or if I try to get real estate or if I try to apply for some type of loan? Why is my interest rate higher than the, the white man's, you know? Why is my mortgage higher than the white man's? Why it is, is we're on a low to live different from where white people are supposed to live. You know, God... It, it's shocking that, you know, and, and, you know, it really jarred me when you, you spoke of the situation um, when that police officer came to your house ah. and literally, you know, accused you, you know, of, of not living there. Essentially, yeah. you know, you know in, in, in that type of way, it's like, why does that happen? Why is that, you know, such a, I don't know. It's well, you know, crazy. It's, it's crazy. It happens because it's allowed to happen right you know it really is you know that officer knew there'd be no repercussions from that right even if i complained what would have happened right you know the idea here is that they can fly above the law themselves right while the rest of us can't you know so you know that should take us to talking about maybe some solutions here right not just in cannabis but from society's perspective how do we all participate in this conversation and this revolution right how do we ensure that people continue to hear us right because it's very easy for us to get complacent again and for everyone else to go back to the way it was it's very easy for that to happen it's happened before right um but i feel that this time is different right i think it this time needs to be different right we have, a, we have generations that are coming up now that we must must think about what their futures look like and we have a specific responsibility to ensure that it doesn't look like it has right and and i i don't care white black whatever everyone just needs to recognize that people should be equal she should be treated equal it's not about the color of your skin it has nothing to do with it period right so racism there's no room for it and it's up to us to call out people who are not supporting the black lives movement people talk about all lives matter of course all lives matter it goes without saying that all lives matter however not every single person is being murdered by police officers right but blacks are. So that's what Black Lives Matters means. It's bringing attention to the fact that we are have become targets. And that's crazy. We feel like as if we could die every time we are pulled over by a police officer. What white person can tell me they feel that way unless they have a load of drugs in the, in, or guns in their vehicle, right? We feel that way just from a basic traffic stop. Is that and even normal? So they get, even so, they get carried to Burger King. <laughs> yeah. This is the point. I mean, it, we live in a crazy world. world, a world where two people can be in Starbucks, right? And, and someone calls the cops on them for being in Starbucks because there are two black people sitting in Starbucks. That's bananas. What, what world is that? A guy is in, is in Central Park watching a bird, right? Watching birds. And, and you're calling the cops on that guy because you feel that you can? That's, that is just not fair. And people must recognize it. You must wake up, white people, all right? I'm calling on that. Call my all my white friends, everybody. You gotta wake up. If you if you're not woke already, get woke right now. It's really really important that you do, because you are a part of the problem if you're not. Right. So the reality is here. You know, we want people to understand that. Right. We want people to recognize how serious this is. We're serious about it. So I'm hoping that people who listen to us are too. Right. Uh, if you don't like it, then you can you know kick rocks. Right. Doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> Right, uh, you know, none of us on this line need you anyway. So the reality is here: we want people who want to stand with us and stand for this change. Um, and yeah. so let's talk about some some of these things, Ben. Let me get off my soapbox for a minute. Talk about yeah. some of these short, medium, and long-term things that we should be looking at. And one of those very first things that's very near and dear to me: my daughter is a huge proponent of this movement, and it's voting. Right? 
we need to get out there and vote. And we're not talking about presidential elections alone, right? It's about local elections, right? Know when your local elections are. Know the people who are running, right? You have to get involved there. It's historically known that people, minorities, or people of color overall, just don't show up to local elections. And so those are the people who are actually representing you in Congress and in, in, in lots of issues that will affect you directly. you got to get out there and do that. If you don't do that, then you are also now becoming a part of your own demise and your own problem, right? That is one of those things that you can do. Take it up, get out there and do it. Presidential election, obviously, got to get out there and do that. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. That's not what the purpose of this show is. It's up to you to decide ultimately what's right or wrong here, right? And you should decide who represents your interests, who represents, you know, um, what you determine to be right or wrong. I'm hoping that you you see what's wrong and you can, you know, be a part of the fix, right? What else, guys? I think uh, I agree with everything that you said there. Um, um, I, I look at it, uh, you know, the revolution is here. And the thing that has caused it to come this far is, again, we, we've accepted a lot of stuff. You know, take it back historically speaking, you know, especially in the West Indies and here, when they, when they abolished um, the slave trade, it, in fact, one of the reasons why they abolished the slave trade was that they were they started breeding slaves in the New World. And one of the reasons why they did that was that the slaves that were born into slavery, this is all they knew. And it was easy for them to accept the system as opposed to the slaves that were free and then came into bondage. It's a similar thing for us because we, we, we were born into the system and there's a lot of the systemic stuff that has been normalized for us so we don't call it out. Uh, right now, um, within the past seven days, a number of statues have been torn down around the country and torn down around the world. And these are men who profited from the slave trade. Now, again, you're walking past the statue, you hear the history about this person and everything is glorified, but it has a subliminal message. It sends a message to you that makes you accept the system that is exploiting you. So I think what is happening now that they're calling these things out. They're calling these statues out there. You know, there've been a movement in the United States for some time now about the, um, the Confederate flag and General E. Lee. A number of these things are, are coming out now and people are taking action against it because it represents, it represents hatred to us and it represents pain and, and, and setback and opportunity, our lack of our lack thereof. So I think, Part of what we have to be doing now is just when you see it, call it, say something, challenge it, um, you know, go to your elected officials, make phone calls, write letters. You know, it's at the forefront now. We, uh, we've cracked the code. We know what it's like. We know where it came from. And now it's time for it to change. I want to address something real quick. Um, why is voting or the importance of voting, especially locally, not represented in schools. Why is that? Why is that occurring? Why, That's a why great is that a question? Thing? That's exactly what my daughter said to me the other day. You know, why is it that she never learned? She's about to go off to to college, and you know, she said this is something that never came up in school, right? You know, in terms of how it works. You know, you know, the separation of different varying types of elections, um, and you know, what type of local officials you get to vote for. Why is that not covered? You know, it's crazy that it's not that you have to go figure it out on your own. But I, honestly, I there's there's parts of it I still don't know about, like. I, I came here in 2010, moved to the States in 2010, and the, the electoral system, College. The, yeah. no, the whole system the whole in and of itself, mm -hmm. it's just so convoluted and complicated, and there's so many barriers to, to, to really understand how you, as an American, can voice, can make your voice heard. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, and the thing about it, we learned this in the last election, that's not about a popular vote, right, alone, um, you know, that, that, that plays in here. So if you think about that, that means is that if most of the people in America decide that one person should be president, there's still a ruling factor that can remove that. 
right? That that your vote really maybe did not count, right? That's what was was interesting to me about that because most countries around the world, it doesn't work that way. I mean, I'm, I'm not even aware of any other country in the world that says there are people voted a specific person in and that person is no longer the person, unless it's a, a communist country or some kind of, you know, dictatorship, right? What is really going on there? Should that still be the practice? Do people really want their vote not to count? I mean, it makes no sense to me. What the hell does that mean? And why are we okay with it? I, I, I just don't know. You're 100% correct. We should not be. Um, America has been, you know, the, the, the police for democracy around the world. When we don't have a democracy, we have a republic. Just to give you a little bit of historical context on it, and I'll be quick. Remember now, the Constitution was created after we, we, we fought for our revolution, our, our, our freedom from the British, right? Forefathers sat around the table and said, okay, how do we prevent this from happening to us? In addition to that, they were all slave owners and they were outnumbered by the slaves. How do we reduce the possibility of us being kicked out ourselves? And that is where the Electoral College came from, where certain delegates had more power than others. Because remember now, I think it's what, 506 people in, in, in Washington determines everything that we do, determines everything that 300 million people do. That was by design. That was not an accident. So again, America is a republic. It's not a democracy. Yeah, that's that's so true, and it's it's sad in a way um, because it's misrepresented and it's misrepresented in the minds of many, particularly minorities, right? Who <laughs> who don't get that, you know? Um, it's and funny it sucks. because sorry, it's funny because I I uh, you know when I moved here, you know the, the image of America in my head was of this, you know. The castle on the shining hill, you know, and you know, being here, and um, you know, I didn't experience racism per se growing up. Like it's something that like didn't affect us. You know, our motto in Jamaica is "out of many, one people." Absolutely. You know, there's a there's a multitude of Jamaicans from all over the world that come to Jamaica and say, "You know, I am a Jamaican." To come here. And to see the factions and the, the the suspicion that goes on here, it was very jarring to me. And I think that needs to be changed. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, it's so true. Listen, we're dealing with a situation right now where there's even a war on immigration. The thing that built this country, right? You know, I, I guess they don't want you to come here because you want to come here. They want to come, you to come here if they put you on a boat and bring you here. I don't know. It makes no sense. <laughs> It, none of it makes any sense. Why would you have a war on immigration when, when obviously minorities are here building your country, right? You know, one's taking your jobs away. Come on, let's not be stupid here. There's so many jobs um, that exist. And, and listen, we're you know, America's great for a reason, right? It, it, it's, it's supposed to provide opportunity. Uh, it doesn't make sense that there are a few people out there that are in power that are trying to change that and, and ruin kind of what this country, the fabric of it is 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 built off. Sure, it's imperfect. Sure, it needs work. And that's what we're talking about today. We got to make some changes here. But the fundamentals of people coming here and believing that they can achieve something, you know, should never be removed, right? That is just a, an absolutely ridiculous thing. And, and I, I see it being threatened on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so let's go into, you know, the fact that, you know, people have been protesting. We want that to continue. That is one of the ways in which we're going to get the word out and, and we're going to share a lot about these inequalities um, that exist. So, you know, protesting is important and there's lots of ways to protest. What we're doing right now is a form of protest. We're talking out, we're speaking out, we're letting people know that there's a problem here. And so you should, you know, if you see something, say something. I told you guys that uh, in, I think it was um, somewhere in Arizona, they passed a law literally saying that you can't record the police. What does that mean? That's crazy. Why can't you record the police? What are they doing that should stop you from recording them, right? This makes no sense to me unless you know that you are involved in something illegal, right? That's when I don't want to be recorded, right? Because I'm doing something bad, right? So that is one of those things that makes no sense. And But it goes again towards this idea that people are not being held accountable or, or elected officials or police departments um, are just not being held accountable. 
and that's a big big problem so why why do why, when we do something bad we're held accountable you know we have to go to court you know we're liable to go to jail and we suffer those consequences these police officers are being recorded time and time again killing people yeah killing people and we've seen it even worse in the protests right pulling down people's masks and spraying them people who are not armed people who are not uh, not not aggressively threatening their lives pushing down what? old people <laughs> you know? right crazy things people not being held accountable that is Why? not normal you know and, and you know what you wouldn't do it if you were held accountable that's the Correct. reality gentlemen what the reality of it is is that okay we were taught one thing and they follow another thing the reality of it is they, they've preached to us that everyone is under the law but the reality what we're seeing with with police departments around the country is that they are above the law one of the reasons that enables them to do that is because of their strong police unions and most of them have this claw where they cannot be prosecuted for any infractions that they commit on the job that has to change across the board yes that's qualified immunity that's exactly oh, right and by the way right. that is something that we're going to push heavily on right in terms of reminding people how to get that out you know out there you know there's literally a bill right now that's um been submitted to remove that and it's you know it's it's consistently been buried over and over again uh and it has to go away if a doctor kills you an operating table or hurts you or maims you and you sue that doctor for malpractice that is public record people know that that doctor is a butcher maybe or that doctor is maybe not as good right it, it, it's known if a lawyer is does something bad and breaks the law and is disbarred that's public record you can know that if a police officer kills someone or is consistently, you know, being complained about, you know, beating up black people or or just being overall violent, that information for some reason is sealed. What is that? That should not be sealed, right? That's a problem. These cops that that, you know, that murdered this man, you know, it, they all had priors. I'm using that term priors. They're literally breaking the law left and right and never been prosecuted for it right so you know what does that mean when we're okay with that man we're paying for these folks right we're the ones our taxes everything is the money that we provide is being used to turn right back on us and kill us that doesn't make any sense right so again there's a lot of things that defy common sense here that people must pay attention to i know sometimes you don't want to because it's just too hard but i'm telling you you need to because eventually black or white it will catch up to you right and this is really where we are right now you know you're seeing that you know over and over again played out on television you're seeing how violent um, our police officers are. Some of these guys are armed like an attacking protesters like they're terrorists. And, and, and they're Americans. You know what I'm saying? They're people. Your people. Right? Our people. What does that mean? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever that it's okay for them to use that level of force when people are exercising their right to protest. Right? What, what, what does that say about our country? Are we really in a free country at that point? Let's think about that. Are we? I don't know if we are. Well, that's 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 a valid point. Uh, it's it's an it's an argument that I've engaged in for a couple of decades now, and it's again, you know, thinking back, guys, what's America really good at? We're good at propaganda. We're good at distractions. We're good at making you pay attention over here while we're doing something else over here, and it's become normal for us. But we've come to truly realize now, and and this is why. You know, I am I am energized by everything that is taking place because, you know, quietly, it's something that I have felt my entire life as soon as I got off the plane to come and live here. Pretty much like, oh, I never experienced any of this. You know, I never thought that I had to think of the color of someone before I asked them to go out on a date or if I could go to a restaurant. It's all here. And it's 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 systemic. It's built like that. We were just talking about the whole police situation and um the guys who made these laws, who made these rules, who gave the police officer these these levels of protection, it was deliberately done. It wasn't a mistake. They knew what was going on, and their intent was not to be fair. 
per, their intent was to be in charge and to be in control and to have everything and give us nothing. And this is what has to change. Yeah, no, I agree. So, you know, a lot can be done there. Like we talked about, you know, disqualified immunity thing. We need to call our Congress people. We need to get them to support the removal of qualified immunity. And, um, you know, we'll definitely put out some more information on that on our social media and everywhere we can, because that's a really, really great step in the right direction in terms of us, you know, not feeling you know, like where you have a, a gigantic target on our backs, even just across the board as people, right? Um, you know, from a system that does not hold the police force accountable. We all must be held accountable. That's the way this works. It's the only way it can work, right? If the law applies to some and not others, then there is no law. Right. And that is the reality. So yeah, you, you have to recognize the, you know, what is possible and what can happen if if more and more people decide that the law does not apply to them. Right. You, you do realize that that's the theme of several of Bob Marley's songs that he sang 50 years ago. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's funny yeah. that you said that because yeah. I've been listening to a lot of Bob recently yeah. and it's timeless. You know, people should yeah. go back and do that if they haven't. If you haven't listened to Bob Marley in a while. Go listen to some of those lyrics, man. The man was talking literally like a prophet, right? It's yeah. happening right now. It happened back then, you know? And and here it is. We're here talking about it again. And I think it's time that we make the change. We've got to start making some changes. So, so guys, let's get some final thoughts out there. Um, oh, you go first. 2020 will be a defining year for not only our individual lives, but America as a whole. So I only have one word to say, votes. Okay, now you heard the man, vote. Andre, final thoughts? Uh, I reiterate that vote, 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 vote. Um, make your voice heard. Question everything. Um, be careful. One of the things that for me personally, though, that I'm, I'm struggling with because I've reached the point now where I can't turn the other cheek anymore. So, you know, if I call you guys from jail, you know, please come down and bail me out. Um, Absolutely. Something that we have to take a look at, though, because, you know, the, the, one of the reasons why it's come to this point is because we have been turning the other cheek. And we have to stop doing that. I'm not saying going out and striking a police officer or anything, but, you know, keep your cameras out make networks with your friends with your family um have in place courses of actions in the event something happens then this is what you do create a support group you know but more importantly go out and vote absolutely uh, it's so true so from my perspective you know uh, i think everyone has heard me talk a whole lot now and um you know i just want to tell everyone that this is this black life Lives Matter movement is a, a very, very needed one. Um, it's something that's very important. Uh, I know it's unpopular among some, uh, but it, it you need to really look at why it exists. Uh, I think it's really important that you educate yourself if you're not aware, right? Um, and if you're still unable to make the leap and, and understand the, you know what's happening here, then um, I do feel sympathy for you right in reality because it means that you might just be incapable of of empathy right or, or, or being able to determine right from wrong right um, but we can tell you right as black men sitting right here right now that this is very real we didn't talk about how it impacts people in the corporate world and places like that where i spent much of my career it's 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 very rampant there um but that would probably have you know, have an hour conversation on that. Um, and, and so uh, the reality is just be aware that this is happening. There's a systematic problem here. And, you know, if you don't truly begin to realize that there's something here, if you, you're going you're gonna to eventually be impacted by it in some way, shape or form, right? Whether you're white, black, Asian, whatever you are, you're going to be touched by this if it doesn't get addressed, right um and and that's what i'm hoping that people will begin to realize do what you can to do the right thing okay you know get your feet into someone else's shoes for a second right and and think about what it would feel like if you thought a police officer um the moment he approached your vehicle pulled his gun right what does that mean 
right? Or the moment he approaches your vehicle, he has his hands on, 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 on his gun and he's, you know, literally pretty much treating you like less than a human being um, immediately, right? For no reason. Just think about that. Think about what that means and whether or not you would like that to happen to you. And if you would, then, hey, listen, you know, that's on you. All right, so guys, as um, we're wrapping up, one thing I wanted to do before we end, I wanted to just um, take 30 seconds and put yourselves on mute and, you know, again, to celebrate the people that have lost their lives, right, as a result of all of this. I think a moment of silence, you know, is important. We should have done that probably at the very top of this, um, but let's do it now. Better late than never. And maybe we'll do it in the next one too. And the next one after that, right? Um, so that said, we're going to just go dark on this um, and be quiet. And thank you everyone for listening. What's up, everybody? You've just listened to The Real Green Show brought to you by Jamrock Organics. If you enjoyed the show today, please support us by sharing the podcast or leaving us a review. To learn more about us, check us out at jamrockorganics.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on our show, email us at wecare at jamrockorganics.com. Last but not least, please don't take any of the information you get on this show from the hosts or guests as medical legal or financial advice. Speak with the appropriate licensed professional. At times, we will share promotional information and provide commercial reviews of products. We will always disclose when we are paid or if any of our discussions are investment related. Thanks for listening to the show. Peace and love, my friends.